You are listening to the Gibby Five Podcast, episode 13. Welcome to the Gimme Five Podcast. I'm Greg, and I'm here with Jimmy. Hey. And Rob. Hey, guys. How's it going? Here on the Gimme Five Podcast, the three of us discuss whatever caught our attention this week. However, this week, things are going to be a little different. We have a special guest, Mr. Joe Ballerini, the writer of the terrifying and fun young adult book, The Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, book one. He also wrote the My Little Pony movie in theaters right now, as well as has done a bunch of other stuff out in Hollywood, directing, writing, a bunch of things, and we are going to chat with him about that. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you? Hey, Joe. Hello. Good to hey, have Joe. you. Hey, guys. Sorry, I was just uh, pulling up in that limo you provided for me. So it's <laughs> we're, so we're only first class here. <laughs> that was first. The jacuzzi, no the jacuzzi in the back of it was really... They, they treated you right at the, the hotel and all yeah, that. Good. You guys are so classy. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So I'm going to um, just talk a little bit about, about Joe while he's sitting here, because it'll be awkward and all, but um, I have actually known him since, I think we were 11. I think I met you in 1988. I'm pretty wow. sure. Um, yeah, 1988. It was uh, sixth, uh, sixth grade middle school. I, I moved to Boca Raton, and I, I met him. And there's a few things uh, that he actually, he, um, he, I, even though I was talking to him for 30 minutes before this show or whatever, um, that I didn't bring up, but he actually introduced me to the world of independent movies. Because we were um, in high school, we were working as artists together on the school newspaper. Yes. And he came in and was like, dude, you have to see this movie uh, what, called what movie? Pulp Fiction. Ah. Called Pulp Fiction. And it was before it was even out. And you're really? like, you did. You're like, this dude named Quentin Tarantino, he's awesome. He worked at a video store and you told me all the stuff about it. And then you're like, and if you like that, you got to see uh, True Romance or, or uh, what was the other one? His, uh, his, Reservoir his Dogs. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. And you got me into the world of independent movies, so... Oh, um, I felt like I was actually on the cusp of something, and that was because you were into that in movies sense. and all that stuff. You got me so. into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in the sixth grade, I believe. Exactly, and Ooh. that's yeah. a win right there. Yeah, big turtles, and that got me beaten up a lot, actually. <laughs> I to this day, I, I every night I wear my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pajama pants to bed. That is because not of a lie. Because of Greg, and they and they still fit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut the booty off. He hasn't off. grown very much since he was like six. I actually got those about two years ago. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty good, man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was a great time. And yeah, we worked on the school newspaper. Com- well, you had a really great comic, and I just remember I came in and I would just draw stuff on your comic. Like yes. I would make really obscene small things in the in the margins. <laughs> I was I was gonna say you I, remember what, I heard remember the other day I heard the other day that there was a bunch of like hidden stuff in like the last couple of comic strips. I didn't want to bring it up just because of like what we're talking about here. This is our uh, quote unquote family friendly show. This is our family friendly show. Oh guys. However, you know, it's however we could make note of it. But yes, there was about thirty six or thirty seven pairs of something. Yeah. Hidden amongst the margins of our last comic. And I was legitimately scared they weren't going to allow us to graduate. But they didn't. They oh, never wow. even found it, though, did they? And by the way, yeah. anyone listening to this, you know you're going to be, if you're drawing a, a cartoon, you're going to be hiding stuff in your cartoon. 
they hide stuff in Disney cartoons all the time for good. Yeah. But then again, that guy got in trouble. I think. I think that dude got in big trouble. Um, and they never found it, did they? No. I, uh, and they were they were pretty um, visible. So clearly the, and the Harry, ministers weren't paying attention. They were, yeah. <laughs> we are talking we about werewolves. We will. Yeah, we hit werewolves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> pairs of werewolves that, that pairs only of guys, werewolves. Pairs of only dangling, <laughs> veiny werewolves. Because <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. Wolfman's got nards. Monster Squad. That's it's right. Yes. Monster Squad. That's a great segue. Which actually reminds me uh, of our the thing that I wrote on here that I forgot to let you guys actually do. Um, for example, our spoiler warning, Jimmy. So, guys, I would normally say that this is a review show and there will be spoilers, so I will say that. Um, I'm going to do that again. <clears throat> hey, guys, this is a review show and there probably will be spoilers. We will try, as always, to avoid any major twists. For example, if you did not know that the Wolfman's got nards... Or that Rob is terrified, yet oddly aroused by the leprechaun, then you might want to hold off and come back to us later. It's his Irish accent. I love it. You know, it just kills me every time. Wolfman's got nards. (laughs) (laughs) It does, apparently. Wow. And as always, we'd love to hear from you guys. So you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five pod. And you can also email us at gmail. Give me five podcast. Also, if you'd like to leave a review for us on iTunes, that really helps us out or whatever podcast app that you're using. And we'd love to hear from you. Cool. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get started with the show here. First of all, anything new? Anything uh, catch your, your eye this week? Anything in the news or in the world of media? I'll go first. Um, cool. I've, I've been extraordinarily busy. Uh, as we've talked about before, Greg and myself are working on the Halloween production at Full Sail. Um, taking up a lot of time, but it's going to be super cool. Um, I went to Fort Pierce for the first time this weekend, and it is a beautiful, beautiful uh, lagoon side town. Very. I was going to say I did an assignment in Fort Pierce, and there really wasn't a whole lot there. What did What did you go to Fort Pierce for? <laughs> I went to apparently. meet the girlfriend's family. Oh, okay. Well, that I guess that counts. Yeah. And it was great. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> also Monday, I got to go to the Epcot food and wine festival where I saw Kenny G live. Wow. <laughs> so you're nice. all jealous. Uh, Wait a second. There's an Epcot food and wine festival. Yes, there, there is. is. Really good. Every year. And this Why was... did I ever leave Florida? This is <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Kenny G was there. It's actually worth coming back for. For the first time on Monday. And, uh, Tuesday night I went to Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. And that was also fantastic. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, I think. So I think so. definitely hold off on that part. Yeah. Don't spoil Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. <laughs> nice. How about you guys? What's Absolutely new? nothing. Um, other than just working on that thing, and um, I did come home to a giant pile of snow in my neighbor's yard. Nice. Since, you know, we do record in Orlando. It was a little bit crazy. Um, he's he shoots uh, B roll or or uh, if you don't if you don't know what that means, it's just little extra clips for the home shopping network. Um, usually, like whenever they cut away from some sort of product, and so show someone that is using the product poorly and you know like almost killing themselves with the knife or dropping their keys when trying to walk their dog or whatever. Like cooking with that Bill? usually. Yeah, yeah. He basically um, he shoots all that stuff, and or apparently they're getting ready for. <laughs> Let me show you that that other. <laughs> so he uh he was shooting a thing for for uh some like winter products like something you put on your car windows to uh to make sure that the ice doesn't freeze over it and you know, little things like that and he 
trucked in, uh, I think it was six tons of snow. Wow. Six tons? So, wow. so my little guy, who has never seen snow before, got a chance to... Uh, Aww. And wow. um, also... Wait until this guy my... records his fireproofing episode. That's going to suck. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. yeah it is. <laughs> my house! Don't worry. You can get a fire hose for nine ninety nine. No problem. And see, I picture him standing out in his yard doing the Billy Mays thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, so. I'm I've been uh I've been what? super engrossed in um in that we're now in full swing on the fall T V season. Like all of my shows are back, so I've got so many things to watch now. <laughs> I'm on T V show overload. Nice. Yeah, there's I've been a time. My my D V R is about to explode. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, we will eventually. I will eventually get to that, and then we will eventually get to all that fun stuff. I got to go to uh, the Creep LA haunted house, which is the lore themed. So I don't know if you listen to lore or watch the show, but they did like a tie-in oh, haunted house with this company wow. called Creep. Okay, go on. Which yeah, is, please continue. And it was like <laughs> you know we have, we have like we have an eleven-month-old child at home, so we just have like we you know date nights are very very. They're very difficult to, 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 to come by. So I was like, you know, big, the first big date night that we ever had was when I took my wife to see the, uh, well, after our, our child was born, uh, I took her to see the Dark Crystal 70 millimeter oh, print. Nice. Wow. <laughs> it was just like the most anticlimactic date night where you're like, oh, yeah, baby, you get all dressed up. You put on those nice shoes and we're going to go see that Dark Crystal. And I did it again <laughs> to her at a haunted house, which is like these aren't like these aren't like cheesy haunted houses where like, you know, there's a guy with a chainsaw and like a kid with a Freddy mask on. This is like nice. balletic, like very theatrical, incredible. Like they get the creepiest actors in Los Angeles, which is saying a lot. And then <laughs> for I want to say it's an hour long, so you're just oh, kind yeah. of like, good well, lord, it, yeah. It's like it's partially scary, all disturbing, and very atmospheric. And by the end, you're kind of like, okay, cool. Like guys, it's. It's 11 o'clock. I've been here since 8. It's time to go. I'm scared. Please leave me be. Do you know what stories amazing. they covered? And they can – what's that? Do you know what stories they covered? They like co- do you know the, you you know know the that, podcast? Okay, so that was my one sort of complaint was you were – I was expecting to hear the guy's voice all the time be like – and that's when Mercy Brown was revealed to still be alive. And you know they didn't do that. It was just sort of like, oh, come over here. Now we're in the woods. Now we're in a graveyard. Now we're in a seance. Now we're in an asylum. And you're like, wait, wait. What's the story here? Because it was really beautiful and poetic. But then it was just sort of like, okay, now there's a – there's a guy in a bunny outfit and then there's like a woman in a swamp with a doll and she keeps talking about the doll. So it was really cool, but I was expecting a little bit more narrative, but I think that that, I don't know if that works so well in a haunt. I've never been to a haunted house that's told a story. I think it's just all about getting scared and, you know, getting, getting, uh, you know, getting creeped out. Uh, so, so Hoping I for want, a little more Aaron Mankey. I, a little more Mankey, a little less spooky. I don't – yeah. I don't know why I want a more Mankey in there. But it was – you know, it's, it was it – was, it, it was great. It was really, really, really fun. But yeah, my wife is like, you're never choosing date night again. Like, what <laughs> no more for you. She's but not scary stuff? Uh, no, not so – not especially when it's like you're kind of once, once every two weeks, you know, opportunity to like yeah. go out. 
uh, and like, oh yeah, honey, no, it'll be just us in a haunted house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not so much on the creepy stuff. She likes scary documentaries, like really awful true crime documentaries, like you know Mexico's worst prison. And you're just like, oh, honey, that's just that's not even that's just that's just really unsettling. That's not horror, you know, real life horror. She likes the real life horror stuff. So, um, I while I was eating, uh, getting, I guess waiting to to jump on here, I was actually watching. A YouTube video from Journeyman Pictures called uh, "Inside Mexico's Most Violent City." Well, send me the so link. I'm right there with it. Send her. me the link. We'll watch it tonight. Apparently, my wife would love it. <laughs> Can't wait. I have something to make up for that haunted house thing. We're gonna watch this. Yeah, exactly. Violent Mexico documentary. El Chapo's hidden tunnels. Ooh. <laughs> I would watch <laughs> that. I'm in. I know. I kind of. You know what? I yeah. I'd like to see that too. Actually, I'd much like. Yeah, I'm in. That. So so have you? I, I think I know the answer to this, but um, have you had an opportunity to, to check out uh, like any of the other Halloween events like Not Scary Farm or um, Universal's um, Halloween Horror Nights in L.A.? Um, mm, I've, I've done it before, and it's just like there's too many too many people for me. And also I just mm. – I was in New Orleans this this uh, for the past few days going to – I spoke to a kid's middle school so I was in New Orleans for a creepy time. So I guess my news is that New Orleans has the greatest Halloween decorations oh, imaginable. Yeah. Oh, wow, I like, bet. Just walking through the Marigny and walking through uh, the French Quarter, they do it to a T where you're just like, that's that's just like a headless woman holding her own head surrounded by dolls' bodies. Like, that's a that's that's a that, – and that's just your doorstep. That's your doorstep. And then there's like another one. Just, Did you do any like – ghost tours or anything out there uh no i mean do you just is yeah just just you know stumbling around at midnight you know with like a big a big yardstick of booze count no (laughs) (laughs) i think like you know the french quarter after dark just kind of counts um but no they were just doing voodoo fest and then i have they have a huge haunted house out there called the house of shock that i'd really like to see which uh, which looks that looks just awful that looks like you know when you walk through a haunted house and at one point you just go, this is a little too much. I have a feeling that's every room in the House of Shock in New Orleans. Gotcha. There's a couple of those haunted houses out there where they just torture you for like two hours straight. You have to like sh- sign waivers. Yeah. It's like not so much a, it's not so much oh. a haunted house. It's like, oh, we're going to dump snakes on your head. It's They're... torture porn. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because you're like, who are the people who love doing this? Because clearly – they love doing it, and then they love making eye contact with you while they're doing that. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they like single what you would out. They be doing if they didn't do this as their job. Yeah, like thank God they have this. Yeah. As an I want outlet. you to look into my eyes as you pull my fingernails off my fingers. Yeah. Or yeah, one guy was like, "Are you scared? We're doing lobotomies tonight," and he kept looking at me, and I was just like, "Dude, stop! Just stop looking at me! Like, don't single me out, sir." Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I remind you of somebody. It's uh, not him though. Oh, leave me alone. Is this the family show? Are we doing is yeah. this family stuff? Oh yeah. yeah. It, was going, um, it was going to be. I was gonna make that announcement, but I guess it's not. Yeah. We've I feel like started we're off, off with rail. uh hidden we, hidden sacks. We, and, we've and already it, jumped off the rail. Yeah, we've already yeah. jumped off the rails. That's fine. It took us like forty five minutes last time and, and one ill timed uh Rob flatulence. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah and you just we just dove right in with Harry Harry hidden sacks in the comic books. Yeah, no joke. Harry, I was going to say because my my only experience in New Orleans was Mardi Gras, and that was that was a great trip. And I've got I've got one or two great stories from that, but I'll share those at another time. Yeah, but, I was yeah, I was I was not at that. No, I and yeah. It's a great town. It's really fun. I don't. I, I stayed off of Bourbon Street. I just, you know, I, I was there to speak to a bunch of kids. So I admittedly was like trying to stay pretty focused and not, you know. Okay, so now we're just going to pepper Joe with some questions here about his life and career as a storyteller and director and writer and all that fun stuff. Lightning round. Probably not so much, but we'll get. We'll see what we can do. So, yeah, like, I mean, I grew up with you for a little while, but um, where were you actually born? Uh, I was born in Fall River, Massachusetts, and then we moved to Rhode Island, Portsmouth, Rhode Island, and then we migrated all the way to big, bad, beautiful Boca Raton, Florida, Quite where, the where you and I met. Yes, the world of pink. The world very, of very pink, pink and pastels yeah. and retirement homes. <laughs> and um, so was it up in like Rhode Island or down in Boca that you decided that you're like, look, I want to tell stories, whether it be through film or book writing or I think, yeah, I'm trying to think like when, as far back as I really wanted to make. And I think it was probably right when I came to Florida because I didn't really like moving to Florida from Rhode Island. I mean, I got used to it over time. Um, but, uh, I think initially I sort of created this internal fantasy world and this sort of healthy, Hmm. unhealthy fantasy world to sort of cope with the move. And I think, you know, I didn't have any friends, uh, so I would just watch a lot of uh, TV and movies, and um, and I used to draw a lot, and I still draw a lot, and so I just sort of had this really big imagination in place of you know being in in uh, in you know back home where I thought that I really wanted to be. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so that started me. Did you do, you did acting back then too, right? I, I did. I, well, yeah, because I was I moved down and I was like, oh, I want to be a director, and my dad was like, well, you should probably be an actor first. Um, which he had never done anything in Hollywood, but which actually turns out to be a, quite a very helpful piece of advice. And so I was like, you know, I was in like a lot of really funny, uh, you know, stuff. Uh, I remember, I actually still remember one of them. Which one? The, the, it's one of the after school special thingies, like the, it's the not, teamwork one, I think. It's not hard work. It's teamwork. Give it a try. <laughs> I, I remember sitting there watching TV and there was this kid in a go-kart <clears throat> smiling and I'm like that. That looks like someone I know. And you're like, wait a second, it's that a-hole Joe Ballerini. But there was no internet to check it up, and then you told me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was that was. I think that was what was that? My summer before freshman year. It's yeah, we were yeah. Wow. Right. Anyway, pre-internet days. Pre Ooh, dude, pre days. We are so old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Um, Those were the times when Rob had to pay for his porn or find it in the woods like everyone else. This right. is a family show, Greg. Family show. It um, was yes. a family show. Uh, porgs, when he had to pay for his porgs, the Star Wars things. <laughs> nice. Good <laughs> save. Great pogs. save. Pogs. Pogs. Yes, pogs. Hey, little... Joe, how old were you when you kind of figured this out? When you moved from Rhode Island to here, or to Florida, I should say? I was 11. Yeah, I was 11 when mm -hmm. I figured that out. That I really, you know, I think I wanted to initially do animation because I just love drawing. And also, I saw a great Tom Savini special, uh, special mm -hmm. effects guru guy. Who, and yes. it was like, you could still, I think you can watch it online now, but it was like he, he, it showed him like sculpting monsters and making monsters out of clay. And I just thought that was the coolest thing I had ever seen. Um, and so I really got into like, 
you know, sculpting and yeah, I I think we had a similar experience. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I actually, when I was twelve, I went out to Los Angeles, where you are now, uh, and I saw Jurassic Park, and yeah. it was that night where I made my decision that I wanted to do creature effects. Oh really? Especially Which of course is yeah. That was you. Wait, what year was that for you? Because that was a lot later for me actually. <laughs> it was. I'm a little bit younger. Um, Flexing I don't know, here. The year it came out was that like it was ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah, it was yeah. like ninety three, ninety two. I think something like that. Yeah. Anyway, it's not about me. <laughs> Just about how much younger you are than all of us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like you see those those amazing those amazing you know movies that just really change your life and i guess wake you up to it and then i yeah no go ahead uh no but for for writing for wanting to write books and wanting to write movies that that came much later i just always i loved movies as a visual medium and you know making creatures and making monsters um but yeah the the writing stuff came much much later so you you said your your father was supportive when you said I want to be a director. You said try acting first. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. I said try acting, so, and then I, I think it was that I did a good job with that stuff. I actually <laughs> was successful. If I had, if I think I had just bombed horribly, he'd be like, you know, maybe you should be a lawyer. Actually, <laughs> so <laughs> so it sounds like your family was supportive of that decision. Oh Is yeah, that very very supportive. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they were very supportive. And I, I think that, you know, that's a huge thing that I always, I always try to stress to people is like, you've got to really support your kids or support, you know, their dreams, even if they seem a little ridiculous and a little silly. And luckily, I think, you know, growing up as a, as a child of the 80s, you know, you sort of have, you just have like ambition and success driven into your brain. Um, so I think, you know, I, I sort of realized and all, I also realized like you just have to be really determined to make it happen. And also, it was really, really helpful um, to have been an actor um, because I had gone on a lot of auditions when I was very young, and I just got like shot down and rejected so many times. Mm-hmm. So you hear no so many times, but you go, "Well, I guess I'll just try again, you know, tomorrow or next week." Um, and so that's really helped sort of build up a resilience because I think, uh-huh. in, especially in in, cre- in in the creative arts. Uh, you just you just have to kind of say, well, that didn't work, but we'll just try it again. We'll try again next week. We'll try again next week. And you just you can't really give up on it. And you have to sort of be able to take that rejection and not have it be, um, you know, the worst thing in the world for you. So, yeah. You know, like you touched on being in the creative arts field, uh, there's always someone out there who's going to think your your work is crap. And I think whatever. You know, they may be in a position of power and they might not be, but like you said, you just got to keep going. So, yeah. So were there, were there any particular early experiences that you had when you were getting into it that really kind of stuck with you as you, as you went on in your, in your chosen field? Um, uh, with, with writing and directing, I think with directing, I think, uh, I really had a great time in high school making videos that I was able to show the school actually. That was really, really fun. I mean, I loved being able to like make a video for the pep rally and then you then project it onto the gymnasium wall in front of what, Greg? It was like, you know, 1,500. It felt like a lot of kids, right? Yeah, it was a massive audience. So you're just like, 
okay, how am I going to entertain this many kids for five minutes? Yeah, you were um, kind of that kid, that American Beauty kid in high school. I was, was like yeah. filming. It's like, like covered in roses? Yeah, yeah that, no, no, I was just not gonna that say, what is He was it? naked and covered in rose petals. No, he was the, the one that was, was filming was like plastic bags and saying how beautiful they were. Yeah, yeah, you're... yeah our, our graduating class alone was over 500. So, yeah. and that, that was just one of the four years, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a great audience. So I think by like people really responding to that, and I just made you know made movies, uh, you know, on, on God on like video, and it was like tape to tape. Oh man, um, tape to tape. Oh, you're tape editing, tape editing. linearly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and it was like at home. I would like press play and then record really fast, and then pause, and then <clears throat> play on another part and record really fast. I mean, it was really brilliant primitive filmmaking um and so that was really encouraging to have like great audience response and reaction and um to make movies like that and have people really dig it and then and then come to college when i went to usc i applied to go to usc film school so many times because you know i just i always knew that that was like the greatest 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 mecca place but it took me five times to actually get into the film school so by the time i by the time they those suckers did let me in <laughs> you know i had already moved out to la i was going to like the school itself but the film school hadn't let me in so i just kept applying kept applying kept applying and while i was applying and like taking creative uh, creative writing classes i was writing screenplays because i was you know really lonely i didn't know anybody out there and i was like well i'm here i'm in los angeles like i'm supposed to I'm supposed to make movies, so what's stopping me? And, you know, back then it was Super 8 film. Like, you you know, you had to shoot on the Super 8 film or 16 millimeter, and I didn't have the dough to, like, shoot on 16 millimeter. That was, like, a really, I mean, it was so, I, you know, it was so expensive to shoot anything, to shoot any short film back then. It was so expensive, really cumbersome and just, yeah, very difficult. So writing was so much cheaper and easier um, hmm. to, to do, so I just started writing and also you know you could just you could open your laptop anywhere and start writing and you know have a whole world of 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 characters and and adventure at your fingertips and so that really got me through some really dark times um you know being feeling like i was in the middle of nowhere at uh, at, at usc so that by the time they actually did let me in i had like five screenplays written oh nice wow, wow. yeah yeah, which is nice. You're just like, yeah, eat that, eat that film school. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you feel like, do you feel vindicated whenever like they try to say, oh, yeah, Valerie yeah. went here. Oh, like, oh give well. us money. Yeah, that's oh. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's nice. So you had, you had five screens. Were any of those optioned? No, or were they just kind of like no? Beginners? And they were those were you know they were fine scripts, but they were you know it took like I'd say I wrote like twenty scripts before any of them were good enough. You know, so you just like keep going and throw them away and. Clearly, I had a very active social life that I was able to write like 20 screenplays in a few years. It was just like, yeah, really crushing it out there. You were killing it. Oh, killing it. Killing it. Um, yeah, really fun. But also, you know, you start to run with a certain crowd that that's what they want to do. You know, and you find your people. You find your, you find your fun, your freak friends, and you encourage Jam on other. a script on Friday night? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd like, I'd go yeah. to a party and then come back at like midnight and be like, all right guys, I'm going to leave and then start, you know, writing, 
just because it was like you're, you're sort of amped up from the party and then you're like, well, blah, blah, blah. I'm clearly, I'm going home alone. Um, or am I? Start writing. Oh, my God. Here's all my friends. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the secret, guys. Uh, just total dark loneliness. That's, that's the secret to good You just brought writing. back a ridiculous story from my past. Well, where, which we will get into later. No, we're, I, I got to tell it right now. Tell it's it. Short, but there was there was a while in college where I I got a screenplay book and I had a really good teacher, creative writing teacher. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to write screenplays. And I started writing like a romantic comedy. And I was kind of dating a girl at the time, but it was one of those like I just got to college. I don't really want to date. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay. So we went to this party and I just really didn't want to deal with anybody so i it was at a fraternity house so i went up to um, a friend of mine's room to just kind of write more and she got really nervous and she like actually came in the room and she's like so um in this story am i in it i'm like well no she's like oh because i was worried that like maybe i wouldn't survive all the way to the end and i was like what the hell do you think of me oh <laughs> she think it was like you're writing a murder yeah like she's like flag. i was like what right, kind like, of story do you think i'm writing <laughs> yeah i was like like, it's a stupid romantic comedy. It was like the era of, like, something about Mary or whatever. Truman Show. Yep. <laughs> it was like something like that. Right. I'm, like, I'm not I'm not killing you off in a story. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, because you just got really weird tonight and, like, left. And I'm like... You're like, I'm well, killing I you like, off in I real like life. You. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you finally arrived. <laughs> you will live on in the screenplay, but not tonight. Yeah. You know, it was, I was like, no, it's, it was weird because we were sort of dating and now you're kissing some guy on a motorcycle and I really didn't want to be there for that. <laughs> so what's, yeah. Why would I, why would I stay for that part of the evening? That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, so I'm going to go write about other people and, uh, yeah, that, um, career did not take off. Right. Also, she's still alive and, uh, we're friendly. Oh, Way to make nice. it about you, Greg. I like that. Yeah. I like that you ended it with she's still alive. That's good. Yeah, she is. She is. She survived that night. This, this is a family episode. says I'm supposed to say that she's still alive. Um, Greg took it there. It's not me. <laughs> I always take it there. Yeah. Okay. So we have entered college. We are now getting out of college. We're leaving college. We're entering the workforce with a handful of twenty scripts, 15,000 screenplays um, that are illegible. Um, and then, uh, and then I made a really cool short film, a really big student film uh, that I spent all my money on, and it's really it was a big thirty-five millimeter production called Nuclear Family. Um, and it was, you know, a little bit, it was very much of that sort of like that kind of vibe that like, you know, that American beauty feel where it's, you know, dysfunctional family about a dad building a nuclear bomb in the family's garage. Um, and I, I thought it was a cool dark comedy, but it just turned out just to be like a dark drama or something. It was just a very strange, strange movie. Did you um, end up on a watch list? No, I did not. Back then they didn't have watch list, Greg. This is, this is pre- this is, Pre 9-11. Yeah, this is zero. This is zero, zero time. Um, okay. And so then I made that thinking, oh, here we go. Like, this is it. Like, you've got your screenplay and you got your movie. And that's what happens, right? Like, you've made your movie and now agents come and they all, woohoo. And it, and it just didn't happen that way at all. It just kind of happened hmm. like, okay, so now I get a job like, you know, temp, temping. Now I get a job... Um, you know, being uh, an office assistant. Now I get, you know, so you just like go through these awful, oh, PA jobs, like the worst job in the world is a PA <laughs> job. Anybody who actually wants to do, I mean, I'm sorry if anyone here is still a PA and listening, 
stop PAing and follow your freaking dreams because you, you, there's no time to do anything that will sap all of your energy. They will make you feel like uh, like you're a slave. They will make you feel subservient and like your hmm. dreams don't matter. Guys, if you are a PA right now, I respect what you do. I thank, I thank you very much, but stop it right now and go get a job where you can be behind a computer and be writing all day because that's what I do. Okay, you're- I highly recommend that. I'm going to be a little bit ignorant here because you're going to have to explain to me what a PA is because in my world, a PA is a physician's assistant. A production assistant. In my world, it's the thing that you uh, borrow from your friend to play your first concert at the Village Inn in Chesapeake, Virginia. PA is a production a production assistant. Gotcha. So okay. That's like the a gopher on set. Like They're like the youngest guy on Whenever you walk by a movie set and it's like, hey, what are you guys filming here? It's usually this like poor early 20s kid who's just like, oh, God, it's Mission Impossible 15. Like, you know, please leave me alone. Runs up with the little styrofoam holder of four cafe macchiato. Is that that correct? Is that the person? Extra vanilla lattes with six pumps of... Caramel and I mean, I a half I double decaffeinated half calf with the twist they, of lime. Yeah, they wouldn't even let me go to Starbucks back. They would like make you throw out the trash, and I threw out the trash in a dumpster. And they said, "Hey, where's the trash bag?" And I go, "What's in the trash?" They go, "Oh, we ran out of trash bag, so you need to go get that trash bag." Oh God! Lime in a dumpster. <laughs> was that for real, or were they bag. just messing with you? Oh no, that was genuine. And you were just like, "That's what you do." Is you're just like desperate for any kind of work and it's just a mis- and so i was like you know what i don't think this is me guys i think i think i got a little more in me than this um and so that's when i just got great office jobs where i was able to write 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 um and that's what i did and then i guess that led to the end um, the end <laughs> that led to us <laughs> Uh, you got a script option or something, right? Yeah. Well, then um, I met some managers. I met my my old managers uh, who were actually kids at USC at the time, and they had really great mentors uh, in these managers named Bender Spink, who produced American Pie, and um, you know were really very hot managers. Um, and so they took me on. We went out with a script of mine that didn't sell. But I met a producer named Russell Hollander who really did like what I wrote um, and said, hey, why don't, why don't I produce something that you write? What I wrote, um, we then sold to uh, Dimension for uh, a life-changing amount of money. And then I was able to become a writer. And then from then I was, you know, sold a script to – then that afforded me the chance to write all the time. And people then took me serious. So I wrote um, The Blob for Warner Brothers. Like the next few months, I was hired to write The Blob, which is a really ridiculous screenplay, which I would love for you guys to read because it's like basically a Gremlins ripoff where The Blob is a Christmas toy. Again, we're talking early thousands when like horror wasn't a thing. (laughs) So I was like, well, guys, clearly this should be like the Gremlins, right? Like, why would we ever take The Blob serious? Whereas today, like James Wan would make like the greatest demonic blob ever. And you'd be like, why was I so terrified of The Blob in that movie? Um, and I actually got to meet jump scares with a red blob. <laughs> yeah, and I actually like, in, the middle, in the middle of me writing this like really funny blob, where like there's an actual number. I mean, it's so off the wall and so insane. There was a, a moment where like the blob invades like a country club dance, 
and it grabs a woman <laughs> and like tangos her around and spins her around and then like and then like throws her into itself and she comes out the other side a skeleton and I just thought that was like the funniest coolest thing ever like clearly I was way too I mean I was 24 at the time admittedly so it was just like I'm just I'm having so much fun writing the blob right it's just like the greatest thing ever and then I meet with Jack Harris, who is like the original blob creator at a diner in Beverly Hills. And he goes, I go, oh, Mr. Harris, do you have any advice about writing a blob? He goes, yeah, whatever you do, don't make the blob funny. And I was like, <laughs> hey, thanks, Jack. Good advice. He's going yeah, to crash. Just crush that <laughs> um, and then, like, you know. Would you say this is funny, this thing with the dancing? Isn't that oh. funny, guys? And that, yeah. Um and then I wrote, you know, I've written a ton of stuff. I, I write, a, I like to write a lot of specs and everything like that, and just sort of write original ideas. I wrote a movie called The Legendary McClouds for that I sold to Paramount, um, all about a, a family of adventurers in 1904 searching for their long lost dad in the Philippines. It's like the female Indiana Jones. Um, I wrote a movie called F Plus that I sold to MGM that I that I was like going to direct. I directed scenes from it, um, and. I mean, I've a lot of, and this is just like within the first few years after that. Uh, and now it's all a bit of a blur. Um, yeah. You actually That's mentioned the, the female thing. So I, I had this written down cause you know, we're eventually going to talk about your book and a couple of the other things, but you write female characters really well. Thanks man. Like, like really well. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. Is this coming from you or from a female or is this, you're it's, like, it's coming from me. Just he, reading he is it, a like, female. This, it's this, okay. It's all right. It's coming, from, it's coming from like I mean, one in preparing for this, but having you know I'm friends with you, so I, I yeah. obviously whenever I see that you've released something, I'm I'm going to support you, even even from thousands of miles away. Um, nice, thanks, buddy. But you know, just I noticed that like there's you have um, female protagonists in your thing that are realistic, and I, I think thanks, that's man. that's awesome. So I, I genuinely don't know what the about. I don't I don't know I don't know what it is. I think you just want to always do the unexpected and, and create something, you know, new and empowering and fun. And I think if you, if you stick with that male or female, you'll always write a good character. If you always just don't pander or be like, Oh yeah, they would just say this, like always go that extra mile and really put a little bit more into it. Um, I think that would be pretty, hmm. pretty, pretty strong and really, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get, you'll get a much more interesting character regardless of, you know, who they are, what they are. Um, I think if you always just try to like really put a lot more in there. Yeah. So I was going to wait to bring that up until we, you know, I guess that's a good, good enough segue to get into talking about a babysitter's guide to monster hunting. I, w I wanted to catch check one more thing before that. Um, God damn it. Little bit of I know, I know, I know. Damn it. Um, uh, just a little bit about the directing stuff. So you, yeah. you, um, you directed a couple movies, correct? Uh, one feature and a bunch of short films. Yeah. But uh, the feature. That's, I believe, the one. Yeah. I have not had a chance to see it. I gotta find no, it. you shouldn't. I should <laughs> No. <laughs> no. One day I'm going to teach a class on what not to do. Yeah. Well, you gotta, so that was uh, Father vs. Son? I was going to say, was that Father vs. Son? Yeah. It yeah, it was. You know why? Because it wasn't me. It did, you know, I mean, it was. I was trying to do like a really big slapsticky comedy. I, basically, I think I, I think I made the romantic comedy that you were writing, Greg. Um, so who did yeah. you murder at the end of it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it would have been. It would have done better. Originally, a woman named to... Greg. 
Originally, I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to make this movie called Nightlife, which is all about a band of vampires, like a literal rock band of vampires, and they just go around from town to town. So, murdering. holy God, please make that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a really. It was such a cool movie, and like Roger Corman Jr. was producing it, and we shot like a whole like we shot like a whole trailer at his house, which is just like so much fun. If you can ever shoot anything involving people dressing up like vampires, I highly recommend it. It's just people lose their minds. Um, and it was so much fun to do. Um, I mean, just people were like, hey, what if we were just like, you just shot us like making out with blood all over us. And I was like, I don't even know who you people are, but sure, get a camera and go do that. That sounds great. Um, and so uh, we're going to make Nightlife and that was going to be a much higher budget. And then at the last minute, uh, Junior bailed and I've, l- I've never heard from him since. And I hope he's okay. Because I, it was like, that was it. Never heard from him. All the financing dropped out. So all I had was like a, a little bit of money left. And I was like, well, I, I'm dying to make a movie. I need to make a movie. And so I ended up making Father vs. Son, which is, you know, a really sweet, cute, slapstick romantic comedy. But I thought that I was making like, you know, I don't know, what's new Pussycat or like, you know, uh, some like it hot, you know, just like, I thought I was making like some Billy Wilder, Ernst Lubitsch movie. And it was like right smack dab when like Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen are just like reinventing comedy and making mm-hmm. it really kind uh, of normal yeah. and realistic and not wacky and filled with fish eyes and dollies and, you know, ugh, yeah. So gotcha. let's edit that part out. But yeah, <laughs> you don't have to. But in other words, but I've since recently I was like, well, wait a second, what's the stuff that I really love? Like, why am I not making that stuff? So that's why I did start to, you know, lean into more towards writing, you know, spooky kid stuff because that's just I love that stuff. You know, it's the stuff I grew up on, and that's the stuff that I really want to do. So I, in hindsight, I should have just because I was coming off of making Dance of the Dead. I had written Dance of the Dead. Yeah, that was, was the other one. Really oh, fun yeah. and really, you know, I, had, I, I, you know, I didn't have a blast making that movie, but in hindsight, I had a great time. Um, cause I'm, you know, great friends, with the director and really great friends with everybody who, who made it. And we all had, you know, it was just like such a fun movie to, to still watch and to have made for on, on such a shoestring budget. Um, Greg did such a terrific job with all the effects and just, you know, given what we, what we had and didn't have, he really did a terrific job on it. Um, yeah, it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It's Jimmy really, has my copy at the moment. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a hoot. I mean, you know, and I, I, I like that you can kind of see the strings. I like that you could see, you know, behind the curtain. Um, it's very endearing. So I think coming off of that, yeah, I thought that, yeah, we just make a little indie film. It'll do great. Um, and it, and it didn't. So now I'm sort of, I'm, you know, I've realized like I want to just make short films and really gear up to find my voice rather than trying to ape someone else's voice or trying mm-hmm. to do someone else's voice. So I think that was very, very important in the last few years is realizing what it is that I'm good at, that I like to say, that I like to do, which it turns if out you, is. If you can get this vampire rock, rock star movie going again uh rob will make out with someone covered in blood oh right. absolutely without question well, uh, worth it worth it just for that yeah <laughs> he might even well maybe we can get the guy the the saxophone player guy from lost boys oh yeah. there it is yeah there oh and i still believe <laughs> yeah whatever he said oh, so so okay this is the best star now. so good Star. Star. That's good. Laddie. La- oh, God. All of it. All of it. Can we just do that movie now? Can we just do it? That's Nanook. Nanook. 
I know. We're just going to shout out. My What's your dog? dog? My dog. Yeah, blood sucking vampire. God, so good. It's such a weird movie too when you watch it again because he's just like Corey Haim is just so like, I mean, like he's he's really you know in terms of straight or not like you just don't know where that kid is going to land in the future, which is kind yeah. of cool because you're like, yeah, he seems like he's scared shitless. Actually, it's really good. Yeah. And I still think it's one of the best vampire movies ever made. Oh, it's 100% the best vampire I'm probably going to watch that after... After this? Yeah, tonight. So Plus, yeah, it was another it. role for Alex Winter, Bill from Bill and Ted. I mean, that was fantastic. Bill from Bill and Ted. Oh, my God. I mean, Jason Patrick. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Keith Sutherland? Come on now. Oh. Hey, whatever happened to that Keith Sutherland guy? <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, yeah, he's going strong. He's doing all right. But yeah, Lost Boys was the movie that... I remember explaining to people after I saw it that I was a vampire hunter and I knew how to hunt vampires and here's how to hunt a vampire. Like that was like a movie <laughs> where a seminal film where you're just like, I wanted to be, uh, I don't know, you know, I wanted to be both Corey Haim and the Frog Brothers at the same time. But it's interesting when you watch movies now, how you get older and you're like, you identify with the older characters like, a few years ago, I saw it, and I was like, oh, clearly I'm Jason Patrick, like, really being a jerk to my mom. And then now I'm like, am I Diane Weist? I'm pretty sure I'm Diane Weist. <laughs> like, I get what she's going through. Like, she is trying to raise a family. They've She's moved them to a really strange town. She's got to live with it. Like, pretty soon, I'm going to be grandpa. Like, yeah. I'm going to be out with, like, the Widow Johnson pretty soon. No. Putting on pledges, uh, cologne. Yeah, putting on pledges, cologne. Hang on. Taxidermying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. So, guys, I just wanted to bring this up real quick, and I'm, I'm sorry to get away from, you know, where we're going, but I just wanted to bring up that the Lost Boys um, originally had a post credit scene where we see Max, the head vampire, who is, you know, kind of – he's the leader of the Lost Boys. There was actually a mural where the camera – panned across and it showed a smiling Max from the early 1900s along with the Lost Boys to get kind of a feel for how old he was. Ooh. Mind blown. So wait, Grandpa was a vampire? Yeah, but he's in the sunlight. Yeah, that's probably why. No, no, Max was was the guy that that she was dating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To show that he yeah. was that, yeah, that he was like from the nineteen from nineteen hundred or whatever. I've genuinely oh, yes. looked into writing Not a Frog Brothers movie. I just think that would be the coolest thing, oh. ever. right? But then I was like, well, well, I'll just do it with Babysitter's Guide. Actually, like, why don't I just do you know? I'll, I'll remake. I'll I'll redo it my own way in the in the book. So that here's our segue, Jimmy. Pivot. <laughs> so. That brings us to your book, uh, which I actually have currently sitting right next to me. Um, I'm about halfway through it, and Greg touched on earlier your writing from the perspective of a a female character, um, which I think you nailed. Thanks, man. Um, I I really, really enjoy the book. You you talked about seeing the Lost Boys and writing from the perspective of a vampire hunter. Is is that kind of what... led you to writing this? I mean, has, has this story always been there? Um, I mean, yeah, you, you know, it is very, it's now that we're just talking about it. Yes, probably. Like I've probably wanted to be the frog brothers <laughs> and Corey Haim at the same time. And I think that's, that's how that's Kelly because she's both, 
terrified and very human and feels very mortal, but it is also her discovering her kind of her inner her inner frog brother and her inner strength and her inner, you know, and she does sort of team up with Liz, uh, who kind of is, you know, who kind of is just like this diehard badass, um, with a moped and a baby and a baby Bjorn. Um, so I I thought she's like hardcore and then you're like, and she's like, I'm only two years older than you. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, remember when you were that age, like two years older was so huge, especially to a kid in middle school to a, you know, someone in high school. And then when you were a freshman in high school, how much older the seniors felt. Um, yeah, true. So, oh yeah, the kids that were two years older than me were all wearing Letterman's jackets, and I thought they were the coolest people in the world. Yeah, yeah. And now you look them up on Facebook and you feel vindicated. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Letterman. They're jacket still they're now. still wearing the same Letterman jacket. Yeah, and about fifty pounds. Um, and it's so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've always wanted to write that and I just, you know, I, I, I love that story of like kid empowerment, but also I wanted to write, I had the idea just, you know, cause babysitters are usually the ones in horror films that are kind of either screaming or being killed or, you know, running or just, they're insignificant. And I just like that idea that what if when you called up a babysitter, that babysitter was just ready, like unzip the backpack and had steaks and holy water and a guide in their pack. And I just thought that was really, really cool. Um, uh, it was just a really cool sort of mythology to play with because she's essentially a vampire hunter. But now we're just saying, well, she's also monsters as well. And then, you know, it sort of just grew and built out of that. And I wanted to write it as a movie. But this is this is now me being a lot smarter than I used to be, be saying, wait a second, what kind of movies are they making these days? Oh, they're never going to make a movie about a 13-year-old girl who, like, hunts monsters. Like, they just they just wouldn't make that. Had I written it as a screenplay, they would have been like, no. And also, I, I really wanted to write a book. I just, I knew I kind of had it in me. I had been writing for so long, and, and that idea of writing a book just um, seemed really creatively satisfying that I, you know, being able to just hand somebody a book and be like there you go that's it that's awesome there you go that's everything i want to do and also to be able to have total creative control is really really uh satisfying with that idea of like i can direct write make the costumes make the set design everything i can sort of do it do it all with the book so is there is there any chance at all that we could ever see uh babysitter's guide to monster hunting um perhaps in audible format, even if it doesn't get made into a movie, because I mean, I got to feel like, you know, um, setting up and, and having the narrator and doing all of that, um, is, I mean, likens somewhat to, uh, yeah, that would be super fun. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to do a sort of like the, a, a stage reading of it. It is going to be a movie at, at, uh, Netflix now, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So we just met oh, with them. Hey, pretty rad. So we've been trying to make the movie for a while and it looks like Netflix is really stepping up, uh, because Netflix is just going to be taking over the world soon. Um, um, so we've got, that is awesome. Yeah. We have the producers of ghostbusters and the producers of Chronicles of Narnia, Walden and Montecito. Oh, really? Um, and so these are, fantastic fantastic producers that we have on it and so we've taken it to netflix and it looks like they're gonna do it so it's pretty pretty wonderful yeah Uh, Um, we will definitely be reviewing that yeah yeah man it's i think it's gonna be it'll be a a really fun fun big big movie um and also you know it's something for i know this is the pseudo family show but it's something that you know you can watch watch with kids you know you can watch with your family um and appreciate it as an adult who just you know 
loves movies about kids who ride bikes with their backpacks filled with equipment. You know, from Monster Squad to um, Stranger Things to uh, I, I just I'm just gonna, to it. Lost Boys to It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all the great, all the great yeah, stuff. Yeah, you even said earlier Dark Crystal. I mean, I can remember watching that as a kid. I I can watch that now and pick up some adult themes in it. Oh man, very adult, really adult now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Labyrinth as well. You know, so. oh, yeah, Labyrinth was a really big, and I, I got it. Yeah. I got to admit that The Dark Crystal was one of the first movies that I ever remember going to see yeah. in the theater. Yeah. And and I met, and I got so scared I made my dad leave the movie. That he was, was that he was... was really irritated at me. <laughs> that was I'm sure though he was probably like, "Eh, this is a weird movie. Let's go." Um I that was uh, Ghostbusters for me. Thank you. I made my mom take me to go see um Top Secret which was playing in the next theater. Um, But it was immediately (laughs) after the librarian, immediately after the librarian scene, I was like, this is too much. Because I was just a terrified child. I was terrified of everything. Um, Mm -hmm. The only thing that got me was the the garage scene in E.T. Oh, really? And the squealing of E.T. Yeah. I didn't leave the theater. Yeah. Yeah. It was just that. And uh, I don't know. My parents were... What was that, Rob? No, I, was, I I got into the dark crystal. I got to the part where the lady started taking her eyeball out and showing it around, and that was it. Uh. I had to go. I was like, no, take <laughs> me out of here, man. I don't want to do it. Yeah, it's, it's such a strange, beautiful movie. And um, I, uh, I got to go tour the Jim Henson Creature Shop a few oh. weeks ago, actually, and see them making – Is that where the toadies came from? Uh, no, I actually hired a guy out of um, Arizona or New Mexico, Arizona called Midnight Studios Effects. Uh, look them up and they do haunted houses and amusement parks and they're brilliant. They're just so, so talented. And the guy did it, I would say he did it in like a month and was on time, God. shipped it to me. And then he finishes it. It looks brilliant. And he goes, hey, man, I made another one for you if you want that one for like half price. And I was like, oh, fine. All right. Send that to me, too. So I have two. <laughs> he knows what Two toadies. I mean, yeah, he is. He is great. Kyle, you're 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 very talented and a good businessman, too. Um, and I took those toadies to uh, to New Orleans with me to go speak to the middle school. And it was really fun because, you know, a lot of my my talk to kids is about, look, everyone knows monsters aren't real. Because I'm not going to get up there and be like, guys, uh, I just came back from the Pacific Northwest where I was camping out with Bigfoot and the Jersey Devil came out. (laughs) If you're like, you know, in the eighth grade, you're just like, oh, dude, old man, stop it. So I was like, guys, here, like this is a plastic toady made of foam and latex. um, And everyone knows these stories aren't real, but they're fun. And why do? But if you feed it after midnight, it will come it to, will come to life. Come and to life. Yeah, and it's like, why do we tell scary stories? Like, why do we like that? You know, why do we? Why do we still go to horror films, even as grown ass men? Why are we still doing it? And it, there's a lot of strange reasons for it. Um, but yeah, it was fun to see their reaction um, uh, of the of the toadies. But yeah, that toady is definitely influenced by Skeksis. And when I got to go to the Henson Creature Shop, I got to see all of the Skeksis and the Gelflings that they're building. For the Netflix show, Netflix, oh, that's dude, right. Netflix is doing Netflix, man. like a ten-part series on the Dark Crystal prequel. Like, 
God wow. bless you. God bless you, Netflix. Netflix is run by basically us. Yeah. We I mean, it really is where they're just like, yeah, that sounds great. Oh, what is that going to be? $100 million? Oh, yeah, no, we'd love to do that. You're like, guys, I don't know if you know this, but Dark Crystal was not a huge hit. It's like a cult hit. So it's just going to be – it's going to be amazing. If they reboot the G.I. Joe cartoon, then I know that they're just – like reading my mind. Oh, that just like, but, <laughs> but but straight up like the old style, you know. Oh, like total animation. No one shooting anybody. Yeah, that. Yeah, knowing is half the battle. Moral stories oh, afterwards. Yeah. Oh, have yeah. you ever gone back and watched any of those old cartoons like Thundercats oh, or Transformers? No. I mean, they are just absolutely horrendous. I'm like, I used to watch this crap. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like when I watch like Pokemon commercial or Pokemon commercial Pokemon shows now, or you know, any you know, a lot of. Stuff. I mean, luckily there's amazing animation out there now. Have you guys seen Over the Hedge? Have you seen that on Cartoon Network? Yes. yes. God, that is good, man. That is brilliant. I mean, it's stuff for like adults. You know, that's the weird thing is that like all of the people who love that stuff as kids are like, yeah, I can't watch He-Man anymore, but I can make, you know, a bizarro, brilliant, you know, sort of scary uh, cartoon now or like Gravity Falls. That is a great show. This is a really good show. And see, I'm still a big kid at heart because I still love stuff like The Amazing World of Gumball. (laughs) What's The Amazing? What is that? You guys have some good deep cuts on this. That's what I'm doing here. I'm trying to find the the deep cuts. It's on – it's on Cartoon Network, and it's um, it's just a really, really bizarre and uh, sometimes irreverent and really kind of funny, just kind of like off the wall. Um, it's to, to me, it, it's kind of like Family Guy, but without the vulgarity. Right. Oh, the, oh it's a new show? Uh, no, it's actually been out for several years now. They've got oh, a nice. couple of seasons worth. All right. I got to watch that. I got to watch Gumball, The Amazing World of Gumball. We're going to move on with a few more questions as well. I feel like we're taking up all your time. That's all right, dude. Um, so the book is, is pretty scary, like you mentioned. Um, I'm not sure if this was my question or somebody else's, but um, I'm stealing it because it's good. Uh, so the book was pretty scary. So uh, anything got edited out, is anything your editor was like, yeah, you, you really can't do the petting scene or something like that? There, I mean, she, uh, the editor, Maria Barbo, is really very smart and keeps me on track. Like she just cut 100 pages of the new book out for me, which that was – a little painful um but uh no she was never like that oh, was that book two? yeah there's a book one two and three and there'll probably be a few more as well i think i have a really good feeling that awesome. yeah because there's just these books are so much fun to write and i think we're getting a really great response uh, from them that i think that and also it was very interesting like hearing kids reactions how they want they they don't want a one-off they want more stories they want to be a part of a universe and a world and know that it's sort of an ever expanding world that you can explore, which I think is, I don't, that's a pretty cool phenomenon. It wasn't like that when we were kids, I wasn't like, Oh man, that's in the He-Man universe. I really got to see you know, you, it was like, you just kind of accepted. It was like a singular thing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, she cut out, it was more for page count, but Peggy drew the cat lady. There's like a great 10 page chapter, which explains her growing up and her love of cats and how she just bred more and more and more cats until her parents told her she couldn't keep any more cats until one day her parents were never heard from again. 
And then like the next time someone saw her, she was like, had whiskers and was buying cat food in the, in the supermarket and hissed at somebody and (laughs) how, you know, and then like, you know, the house got all run down and she said that her parents had moved to Florida, but really, you know, there was a mysterious smell coming from the basement. So basically she was just feeding her parents and people to cats. And then finally, (laughs) I think like the Girl Scout Troop 401 went missing and that's when police began to investigate and all they found in the house was these brown sashes with a bunch of campfire badges, half-eaten boxes of Thin Mints, and uh, the skeletons (laughs) of all of her victims. So, yeah, I just – I really enjoyed that. I just enjoyed that like gruesome, you know, very campfire tale – version of the of the story but we sort of had to cut it for 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 page length and also for the guide itself because you know the guide is very like it's a little D, so it's just very like boom 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 like here's the facts because also mm-hmm. it, it uh the editor had a good point she's like you know if you're in the middle of action you're not going to want to read a 10 page story about this ghost you're going to be like give me the facts you're like oh yeah that's logistically that makes total sense i get that so are, are we're going to revisit the cat lady? Um, no, I. That's it. You just got that story. That's uh, it. Yeah, uh, I know. Well, maybe I like she'll. Be, I know. I do like. I like the art of the cat lady too. Yeah, Vivian Toe, the illustrator, did a terrific, terrific job making it just spooky enough, but also just like actiony enough as well, but also very endearing with a lot of character. Yeah, she's really talented. Wait till you see book two illustrations. I'm excited. I am too. I'm looking forward Thanks, to it. Thanks, ma'am. And we're going we're gonna to move on to, to the big one. What's the big one? My Little Pony. M-L-P! <laughs> I have, I'm contractually obligated no. to do that every time someone says My Little Pony. M-L-P! <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, how? What? Where? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I've known you long enough to know that you were, you were not. I was not a brony. But, I was not a bro. Yeah, but you thought you knew me. You thought you so. Knew you me. were you were not you a fan very, of very My well. Little Pony. Uh, I was a big fan of uh, the new show because I've written a lot of animation. You know, I wrote on Turbo and on uh, Ice Age mm-hmm. and on Epic and a lot of you know just mm-hmm. a lot of animation. I really loved that stuff. I even wrote an episode of the new Scooby Doo guys. Crazy. Um, and so I've done yeah, a lot of animation. Like so when they were doing the feature version of it, they wanted a, a you know a, a feature animation guy to come in and 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 write a draft. Uh, and so you know I had only been familiar with it from you know the the old school one because you know my older sister just had you know My Little Ponies and would watch it, and so that's kind of all I knew. And then I watched the show. I watched like the first few episodes and was like this is amazing like it has a really strong message as a really positive vibe great characters very funny really like crazy fantasy level beautiful animation and it was just like you know what i i i like the ponies these are really it's a really well thought out show um megan mccarthy has done such a brilliant job on that show and has just made turned it into such a you know a literal like equestrian empire um and I really like the people on it. And so, you know, I met them a few, few times and we, we all clicked and did a, you know, had a really great time. Um, and then I wrote a draft and they were like, all right, well, thank you very much. Um, 
we'll we'll see you later. And I was like, oh, okay. Do I get to hang out? And they're like, no, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> and then two years later, oh, they were like, all right, well, why don't you come on and see this movie? And I was like, cool. What 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 would you change? Oh wow. Um, so it was you know it was really cool to see the movie and see stuff that I that I did that I did right and then see stuff that they changed and you know it was, it was, it's relatively the same but you know they obviously ponified it a lot a lot more um, and I mean it's it's a you know it's a terrific big epic movie but it's funny because you know the old me the old twenty year old film school me would not have been as excited as I am now about it because I think just, you know, having worked on so much great kid stuff now, you realize like, you know, as a creator, you just have to own and love and enjoy whatever it is that you create and write it to the best of your ability. Um, and if that's your thing, then that's your thing and you do it to the best you possibly can. Um, and so that's where my head is at with it is you're like it's it's ponies and it makes so many people happy like you know for a bunch of grown men we're like oh dude that's embarrassing actually not because you know we have kids and those kids actually love it and i get so many more kids coming up and being like oh my god you wrote that that's amazing like i have a bunch of little fans it's fantastic and it's kids are the greatest fans there are because they're so pure and so sincere and it's actually been really um really very rewarding to see all these kids actually appreciate it um, and, and you've got, um, you actually have, have given a whole bunch of, uh, really awesome messages that I could show to, that I could like play to my students. Had I not made a bunch of jokes about testicles at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> I know. Well, well, we, we do have his isolated track, Joe, I have not seen the movie, but, uh, a good friend of mine has two children who are fans of MLP, MLP. and they both love, they love this dude. Yeah. Now, I, actually, yeah. Now how I had a bunch of people as well. Um, our friend Omar from, from high school, he said he brought his daughters and they absolutely loved it. And then what's funny is my son is on a soccer team with a bunch of like all of the guys that I didn't hang out with in high school, like the, not those actual people, but that type of people, like the football jocks and whatever. Yeah. And I'm not like all friendly with them and they all have daughters and all of them were talking about like, Oh, my daughter loved it. And yeah, whatever. So yeah, it's I've heard, no, I've heard nothing but positive. Thanks, things. man. Yeah. It's really sweet. And it's, you know, uh, now, now being that I'm assuming it was a, it was a, um, a product that you weren't terribly familiar with. Was there a ton of research involved with, um, with, yeah, I mean, like boning up on any of the history oh, or yeah. anything. Like, and... they, they got, they you know, I mean, I, I'd obviously seen the show a few times before and really liked it. But then mm -hmm. once you really deep dive in, I, they were, they let me read all of the scripts for the coming episodes. And okay. yeah, you just learn that mythology backwards and forwards. Um, and yeah, I mean, and these are people who are, they're really, they're really sweet people and they know it inside and out. The comics, the, 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 the toy storyline, the book, the TV show and everything. And these people are brilliant at it and they're really good at it and they embrace it and they sort of live it. You know, like there's guys that are being like, no guys, friendship is magic. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. No, you really, you're into that. Okay. And you kind of believe it. You're like, you walk out feeling like, yeah, guys. We can do it. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> you know, it's uplifting, it's uplifting shit to work on. You know, it's like it beats, you know, sometimes you wonder like, I, I wonder how like people who work on like The Conjuring, like can go home at night and be like, cool, good night. And like close their eyes and not be utterly terrified about like the creepy stuff they've, <laughs> they've created, you know? Um, yeah. To each his own. To each. Never. 
how much research they had to do on the Warrens. Yeah, the Warrens. <laughs> and, you know, Satan. Like, you know, I'm good. I'd rather play with ponies. I'm good. I'd rather keep it positive. Nice. So, guys, do you have any other questions other than the question? MLP! Oh, how do you find L.A.? How, how long have you been you there take, you since, the uh, since going college? west. <laughs> and eventually you get there. And you're, and you're there, sweetie. And you're there. Um, so good. So good. Um, uh, it's great. It's a wonderful place. It's a really fantastic place to live. There's great people here. Uh, I think it gets a, a superficial bad rap. Um, for very obvious reasons, uh, my, one of my great friends took me to a cryo freeze, um, uh, I don't even know what the heck you call it, but it was like a few weeks ago, he was like, yo dude, come to this cryo thing. And I was like, what is this? And he goes, you stand in a freezing cold closet for two to three minutes and you literally freeze your body and it burns calories and (laughs) it wakes up your blood cells. And I was like, cool, let's try that. So, like, you go in, and I guarantee you in, like, three years, they're going to be everywhere, these, like, weird cryo booths. But that's L.A., is you do that. But then also, you know, you've got your your good people. Like, you know, now that we've got a kid, we hang out with, you know, a lot of really nice parents and, and good kids. Um, it's And it's a beautiful place to live. So there is that, that balance of – and also, you know, everyone kind of goes – I mentor a, a student at USC – and we we're I took him out to coffee and he goes, Hey man, look at this. Look at everybody. They're all on their laptops. Look at them. They're all writing screenplays. Isn't that lame? And I, he didn't say that, but I said, dude, that's why we all moved here. Like, don't ever judge anyone for writing their screenplay in a coffee shop because you are that person writing your screenplay in a coffee shop here. Like, this is it, guys. This is the dreamers have all come to this spot so like either you're excited about that and that inspires you and you're excited to inspire other people about that or like you know don't write your screenplay in a coffee shop i don't write my screenplays in coffee shops because i don't like distractions but you get my point like all of the collective dreamers and creative crazy minds i mean look you guys are across the country right now and i do think that that's the great thing about this day and age with sharing information is that you know you can find brilliant artists everywhere, but there are some remarkable, brilliant, brilliant people that have come out here to make it out here um, and that are dreaming the dreams. Um, and I, I, I like that. You know, it, it does. It, it keeps me going. So I really do like that. It's awesome, man. Yeah. It's hot, though. It's, it, was, it was like 100 degrees today. So how do I find out? Like, oh, it's yeah. too hot. Oh. There's a lot of dangerous fires. There's too much traffic. Um, the food's delicious. The, you know, the people are friendly and uh, everyone's just fabulous. So that's nice. nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah, you, man. Absolutely. Come on out. We'll have a good time. I'll show you. The I, good, you talked about thing. whatever you do. Don't go hey, to I, Hollywood and Highland. Like, don't you know, if I go to like if I go to Orlando and I'm like, oh, man, this uh, I'm going to stay on. I drive yeah, I'm gonna stay on I drive or like what's is Pleasure Island. Is that cool? Anyways, it's now Disney Springs, uh, and it's all like Pleasure restaurants. Island is no longer there. What? Oh man! Yeah. Now Disney Springs, it's uh, it's still great. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Oh, really? Good. All right. Well, anyways, whatever the cheesiest part is, that I drive. There you go. I drive. Yeah, yeah. And if I judged it by that, and I'd be like, oh, t-shirt shops and mini golf. You know, this podcast is actually <laughs> the cheesiest part of Orlando. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> this exact podcast. You're you're currently visiting it. I gotta say, I I spent a little bit of time in LA. I did two assignments there at uh, Cedar Sinai, uh, the hospital there, um, and I did spend a little bit of time um, on uh, you know on the strip. But I I sp- I literally spent most of my time jumping on the subway and going to like Universal City and just kind of wandering around there and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, anywhere I could get from the subway because the subway was actually the the stop for the red line was right next to my apartment. Oh really? So. Yeah. Yeah, I would just walk out of my apartment, go jump on the subway, and just take it wherever it would go. Great subway, right? Great subway. Yeah, yeah, it was. Good subway. It needs to get expanded. Yeah, like today, I took a bunch of kids to Paramount Studios, you know, because I've worked um, work with the producer there, and I was like, hey, do you mind if I take some friends to Paramount Studios to blow 13-year-olds' minds and to uh-huh. watch these kids just light up when they just, you know, they're just walking into an office or like New York Street, and it's like, yeah, I remember, that's... That's why I'm here is to make movies and to make entertainment because that's one of the greatest exports America has, you know, is entertainment. That's what we do so well. And that's why, I don't know, I just think, you know, in a way we've, we've propagated really good positive things around the world as a result of, of, yeah. uh, of entertainment. So why not, why not make good, the best it could possibly be? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do have to say, though, that one of the things that L.A. is really known for was not oh. the worst that I've that I've ever been to uh, because the traffic, the traffic in LA is let horrendous. Me, let me tell you about this traffic. But but Seattle is the only place I've ever been to that has bumper to bumper traffic at 6 a.m. Wow, that's horrible. It's it, just at every Starbucks though. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, no, Seattle is probably one of the worst places I've been to for traffic. Miami is not so great either, but We got to uh, I want to do the question. Go for it. So that we're not keeping Joe forever. Hit me. Okay. So as you guys know at home and as you know as well, um, we always like to ask a question at the end of our thing. And, and since this is our kind of family Halloween episode. Yes. I wanted to get a little nostalgic, a little um, bit family friendly as well and talk about what are your five, what are your five favorite things to do for Halloween? Could be movies, could be books, could be events, could be anything like that. So who wants to go first on this one? I, Rob, I why don't you go I ahead? Um, most, I, I have to say that most of my most of my entertainment comes from movies. So my list consists basically of movies. Um, but one of one of my all time favorites as a kid growing up um, was Monster Squad, um, and I, I find it to be a a fairly family-friendly movie. I mean, you probably want the kids to be a little bit older because it can get a little scary. Um, but and domestic, all in all, a lot of domestic stuff going on there with the dad. Yes. You know what you signed up for? I'm a cop. That's what I do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but uh, absolutely great movie. I loved it. It did not get the 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 acclaim that I think it deserved. Um, it got lost, I think, in the shuffle. But it was a great movie. Um, another another one was one that I that I loved because I my dad really loved these movies and it was fun to watch them with him. But all of the Ernest movies and there is yes. a <laughs> there there is a Halloween one called Ernest Scared Stupid that involves a troll and Ernest just being Ernest. Um, but another great family movie and I can still I can still picture my dad laughing at it. It was it was just it was a good time. I I, I really enjoyed it. Um, then of course a classic, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. 
just a great movie. It combines two of my, my two favorite holidays together. I mean, what else What else could you ask for? Halloween and Christmas together, that is absolutely fantastic. Um, and another one that's been brought to life um, at Disney, once again, for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween, uh, the Sanderson sisters have come back to host Oh, have yeah. come back to host their show. So good. So sisters, who are these guys? Yep. From Hocus Pocus. Oh, the Sanders. What? Wow. Yes. Wow. Another great family Halloween movie. Um, Bette Midler is excellent. So is Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy. Um, and I didn't know it for a long time until my my girlfriend actually pointed it out. The kid that um, the kid that plays the oh, what's his name? The cat. The cat. It's... I don't know. A research department. It's Our, McGee from NCIS. <laughs> I had no idea until she pointed that out to me. I'm like, no way! Yeah, McGee from NCIS plays the cat. That's awesome. Binks. Thackeray Binks. That's it. Thackeray Binks. <laughs> um, but another one that I really liked also for my fifth one, I'll take, um, I'll take Paranorman. I really like the uh, the clay the claymation animation that they've that they've done with several yeah. several of the more recent movies, um, but Paranorman had a great story to it. Good for the family, really enjoyable. So those are those are going to be my five. Nice. Uh, I think I can go next. Hit it. Go for it. All um, right. We'd mentioned it before, but Mickey's not so scary Halloween. Um, what is so good about this? You guys are loving this Mickey's not so. Scary. What is it? What do they do there? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I will actually. Uh, there's pluses and minuses. It is actually very expensive. However, the thing, it's, you basically go to, to Disney after hours, so it's an opportunity to be there at night. They do decorate it with cute decorations, you know, a lot of purple and black ribbons and pumpkins and big standees and stuff like that. And you basically trick-or-treat at Disney World. There's a bunch of kids with costumes and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Which is awesome. It is very busy. However, the rides are not. So one of the reasons I like it is if you get through all the trick-or-treating and stuff, which is fun... You can get on pretty much any ride, just walk right on, at least when I went. And there is something very cool. I mean, I even walked right on to the Haunted Mansion. So it's something very cool about going to the Haunted Mansion at night and seeing they have different characters. Like, they have all the villains out. So you can, instead of meeting Aladdin, you meet Jafar. Instead of meeting oh, that's cool. Tarzan, you meet the the hunter guy. So it's it's very cool that way. And, you know, it's it, Disney does everything very well. But the one thing I would say on that is, while well, I had fun at it, get there early. Right. Because I, it took yeah. me two hours to get in because they have to, I mean, especially now they have to check all the bags and check all this and, right. and um, and also it's not so fantastic if you're not there with a kid. Um, yeah. So it's definitely kid friendly. Well, because because you you lose a lot of because I mean I'm not waiting in a in a 20 minute line to trick or treat for candy yeah. because the the candy stations are really really busy. Also, um, his lawyer says he's not allowed to wait 20 minutes with any children. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's kind of in the uh, in the clause. So yeah, right there. Uh, but for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween, they do have the decorations. They do have the the Sanderson sister show, and they have a special. Uh, do they have a special fireworks? They have fireworks. They have yes. the show. And yes, they, have they do. Yeah. So that that's pretty much pretty much what you get for the Not So Scary Halloween. Yeah. My um, my next one is, is a book, and I was actually I was gonna put Babysitter's Guide on there, but I felt like it was pandering. <laughs> um, and it is good, but I, I feel like as the years go by, that will be added to my Thank list. Thank you. But um, scary stories to tell in the dark, yeah. volumes one through three. Those were so scary. Those books were terrifying, and the art made it worse. Everyone, the books were written by Alvin Schwartz, the art by Stephen Grimmel. Mm. Um, and 
it occurs to me looking back that all of the little scary stories that you heard at various things like the the person flashing the be- the lights at the car and the um the person that got bit by something and they scratch it and spiders come out and all that stuff like those stories have been around forever oh. but they were really put to paper in that book which was a book for kids and then you got had that like gray washed artwork on there the artwork I was going to say legitimately was, terrifying that was was, was that the one with the, with the kid looking at the book in with the like the black cover and the kid opening the book and looking at the book on the cover possibly no. it's I'm not very sure. runny Maybe. it a bunch it looks of like covers. it's like like the ink has just dripped down the page so there yeah it's like they draw it with black ink and then they go over it with like a light wash of Ugh. almost like the the water from the black ink like the the the, the, the mm. drawings look as if they're decomposing it's so gross it's mm. brilliant it's so good yeah. and like, i mean there's a story about a, a scarecrow um Called, it's called Harold, and it's about like these kids that build a scarecrow, and they name it after this kid they don't like, and they're torturing it, and it kind of comes to life. And like by the end of the story, they they're seeing the scarecrow like drawing people's flesh on this barn door, but it's a book for kids. And <laughs> it was ter- it was terrifying, and it was writ- The guy that wrote it was actually I think he was a reporter, so huh. it was written in a very matter of fact way. So it was almost like it was something that really happened, right? And it was it's just awesome. That sounds great. Um. A non kind of media thing, but um, something I've done recently with my kid every year, and it's uh, pumpkin patches. Uh, and just going yeah. to pumpkin patches and, ha- and hay rides are not super scary, but just awesome for family friendly stuff. In fact, Rob, you actually met my son for the first time at a pumpkin patch. I did. I did. And he was adorable. He was Still dressed is. in orange, it's like true. a pumpkin. Yeah, very round little child. <laughs> did you lose him in the pumpkin patch? We, we were propping him up against every pumpkin possible to get pictures. It was, it was. They, they literally did take a picture with every pumpkin. Yeah, isn't that where babies come from? <laughs> yes. 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 Jimmy. Don't tell him. Yes. Don't, don't tell him. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is my number two. We don't need to talk more about that because we already did. And um, going all the way back to 1966, uh, October 27th, Ooh. 1966. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Nice. Every year, it's on TV every year. I watch it every year in my neighborhood. They actually project do a big neighborhood thing where they project it onto a screen and everyone gets together and watches it. And it's just, it's classic and, you know, it's family friendly as could possibly be. You have like so. snow on your front yard. You have a great pumpkin patch projection. You sound <laughs> like you live in a great place. I do actually. It's like kind of like the super neighborhoods, like the super like where everything's like right there. Yeah. I, I actually am kind of jealous because he, he does have a really neat community over there. Yeah, it yeah. sounds really cool. That's nice. So, who wants to go next? Right, I'll go next. Somebody yes. with a, whose name begins with a J. Go. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, let's see. One of my favorite things to do at Halloween with the family. You said pumpkin patch. That does, yeah, yeah. They're just great. They're great fun. They usually have like haunted hay rides here, and I don't recommend taking your family to a haunted hay ride. I took uh, Kara to a haunted hayride a year ago when she was pregnant with Theo and uh, <laughs> proceeded to realize that was the worst idea because there were like zombie pregnant ladies with like zombie oh, and they were like coming up to us. And I was, I was, I like turned into um, Ralphie from a Christmas story when he's waiting in line for Santa, just being like, don't bother me now. I'm thinking like literally just like <laughs> stopping people I mean, like, you know what? Don't bother us. Like seriously, just, Step back there. This is this is so inappropriate. Don't can't you see she's with child right now? Get away from us. Uh, so that's one of my favorite non haunted house non haunted uh, haunted house for sure. 
I one of my biggest dreams is to make a haunted house one day that your family can go to because I just think it would be a blast to be able to go in and it's a bit you know what I'm gonna say it's gonna be a bit like uh, Mickey's not so scary Halloween where it's like a haunted house but it's like kind of fun goofy scary monsters maybe they're monsters from the book i think that would be that's one of my biggest goals actually is to like have well, that. Uh, jimmy and i have some experience now making some haunted things so uh yeah. yes why would we'll, you even we'll make your production people yeah your PA. it's a lot of work it is but it's fun um yeah exactly so yeah we'll do it i've always wanted to make a haunted house so that's what I'm, that's what I'd, I'd like to think I, I would do um let's see uh oh you said the monster squad that's such a good one um, Village of the Damned, great uh, horror movie, or Bride of Frankenstein, or Invaders from Mars, the Tobe Hooper one. Any any horror movie with a lot of latex and puppetry in it, I think, is fantastic for Halloween. You know, Gremlins mm-hmm. or Cats, Cat's Eye, or um, uh, and I think Cat's Eye is one that gets overlooked a lot. Yeah, Creep Show. That the other day. Creep show. I mean, that's a little. That's borderline. You're not going to do that with the family. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to do that with them when they're a little bit older. Um, cat's eye scared the hell out of yeah, me. Cat's eye is terrific. Um, and then the other thing I really like to do, what I did a few Halloweens ago, uh, that I'm I'm contemplating doing again is, uh, so because we live in a in a very hilly community up here, um, trick or treaters come in packs. They come in like. 40 at a time so there's usually like three groups of 40 up here you know where it's just like you know a bunch of kids because it's all very hilly so they you know it's not like a steady stream and um of course it's california so they have to do it different so uh they all come and uh what we did was i made my wife dress up in a hazmat suit and a gas mask and she stopped the group of (laughs) your wife is the yeah your wife is the most understanding human on the planet Oh, she's great um and so she stopped everybody with a big flashlight and she said, I'm sorry, we've had an incident. There's been an outbreak down here. You just hang on one second. Let oh, me wow. see if I can get clearance. She had a walkie-talkie and everything. Jeez. At which point, you know, so now we're just waiting for these kids to, like, come out and gather and gather in front of the house. At which point, bam, I break out of a wooden hut that I've constructed on the front lawn. And I'm dressed in full, <laughs> and I mean full zombie makeup. Just like, and I'm doing it. I'm going <laughs> You know, just that. I'm waiting. And I realize, like, oh, this is maybe a little, like, I'm really, I'm really putting it on here. This is a lot. Just being in the crowd of kids and seeing their eyes just being totally terrified. Now, as they're backing away from me, bam, out of the neighbor's yard come neighbors who I convinced to dress up like zombies. So now, as the children are (laughs) retreating from me, they are now being cornered behind them and surrounded by zombie neighbors. Um, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, this was, turns out, not <laughs> a very family-friendly thing to do. Here's the thing. I was going to say, they didn't come back the next year, did they? <laughs> no, they all, like, walk a little quicker past our house now. And um, But, Greg, you'd be very proud. That Greg, house. very proud. Uh, three kids dressed as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles drew their swords and proceeded nice. to beat me up. And so they, they should. And so they, you nice. know, whack, 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 whack. So the Ninja Turtles actually saved the day, and the kids cheered. And I actually did have candy in my pockets, and a little girl was screaming, and 
Yeah. And then, like, some parents You're... were like, dude, that was awesome. And then other parents were like, that, why would you do that? Like, what? no, that's you... not funny. You're lucky they didn't start screaming, how he's, how a he's a pinata! He's a pinata, get it. Oh, yeah. How my child's going to have to do um, child yoga four times this week instead of three? Thanks. He's going to have to neighbor. go to the cryo-freeze chamber at least two more times this week. Oh, what have you mm-hmm. done? He's going to have to freeze these bad memories. Nice. Yeah. Did that get us? Was that five? I think it was five. Was it five? Uh, yeah, that was five. I don't know. That was five. There you That's go. five. Jimmy was right. Jimmy was typing them out as we as we go. So thank you, Jimmy. You're documented. I was trying to dress up like zombies, scare neighbor kids when they're. Tr- By the way, it's called trick or treat, gang. Uh, this is my me trying to teach the children of the world the meaning behind Halloween. <laughs> the reason. <laughs> You know, in this country, we're going to say Merry Christmas. Well, also, we're going to say Happy Halloween, and we're going to mean it. That's my – Hell, that's yeah. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge this Halloween. It's going to be huge. <laughs> so – Huge things. My five is – are basically a mirror of everything that you guys have said so far. So I'll just get through them real quick. Uh, my number five, Hocus Pocus. Love that movie when I was a kid. Um, number four, although maybe number one, Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, <laughs> Ernest yes. Scared Stupid. Can't say that. Uh, movie terrified me. I saw it in a dingy, like, dine and watch theater. Uh, the movie just it terrified me. Um, and I love it for that. Uh, number three, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nothing more needs to be said there. Number two, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And my number one new favorite Halloween tradition is the Mickey's Not-So-Scary oh Halloween Party. Bring your kid out to it, and you can see I literally have to come uh, to Orlando now. All right. Yeah. No, like Greg said, you know, it is a little bit more expensive, but they, you know, Rob, you said the candy lines were horrendous. You know, 20 yeah. minutes. It, I, I did not experience that at all. Oh, okay. I went Tuesday night. It, we were... Right through there, uh, I went with three adorable little girls, my my girlfriend's nieces. We had a blast. They loved it. They, the and wait for the rides as... was no more than – I was dressed as uh, Nivens McTwisp or the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> um, nice. There will be pictures posted to the Facebook page. But, I mean, we waited no more than 10 minutes per ride for wow. i'm talking haunted mansion big thunder railroad peter pan I, it was fantastic it was so much fun and it was it was great to see all those you know adults dress up with their their kids and it, it was beautiful i mean it was it was a great time awesome fantastic i don't think we're gonna do the combo one because we're taking up everyone's time however um first of all are we are we gonna close out i guess yeah, yeah. i think so. so first of all thank you very much joe for Thanks entertaining for everybody Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Joe, for you know spending probably longer than you anticipated <laughs> was, with us. Too much fun, man! It was way too much fun. It was great. We we really appreciate it. Really enjoyed having you. And uh, sell some stuff to our listeners. Uh, guys, enjoy reading Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting One because book two, book three, and the rest of the series are coming out uh, every summer. So enjoy Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting with your kids or just by yourself. There you go. Awesome. And check out My Little Pony and get ready for Netflix and all that. MLP! MLP! And thanks for listening, guys.
What do you want to talk about? Um, what What holiday is coming up soon? Halloween. Halloween. And I'm so excited. Okay. I can't even so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. I want. We're going to do one at a time. I want you to tell me your five favorite things to do for Halloween. Okay. So this is. Wait. Hold on. So this is Ethan, age four, and we're, he's going to tell you his five favorite things to do for Halloween. So what's your fifth favorite thing? My, my, yeah, my first one. Yeah, go ahead. Um, go trick-or-treating. Go trick-or-treating. Okay, what's your second one? Um, wearing costumes. Wearing costumes. What's your third one? Uh, we cannot... People costumes. Looking at other people's costumes. Okay. What's your fourth one? Uh, um, making candy. Making candy. You didn't make candy. What about carving pumpkins? Do you like that? Yeah. So your fourth one's carving pumpkins. Okay. And what's your fifth one? Do you like trick or treating at theme parks? Yeah. Do you like watching spooky movies? Spooky movies. You like watching spooky movies. And what's your favorite spooky movie? Um. The witch one. The witch one? Yeah. Or the Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh, the, the, the witch one. You didn't finish that one because you were too scared. And the, the Night for Halloween. <laughs> the Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, that was a legitimate four-year-old talking about his favorite things to do on Halloween. Are you going to take out that last weird track that I just did? I don't want to end on... Oh, God, we're still recording.